And welcome to another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, Nicholas. Let's jump right in to the download. Now, one of the things I spoke about a couple months ago when Microsoft did their quote-unquote E3 uh, game press conference was that all of those games that they showcased were promised to come out within the next 12 months. Uh, That is not something that you ever see a publisher doing with regards to making that sort of promise. And one of the games that they showcased that I wasn't really that hyped for was a game called As Dusk Falls. Now, if you do listen to the NRW Checkpoint with myself and Brian Saff, you will know that Brian and I both talk about the importance of story uh, with regards to gaming and how some of the most unlikely games tell some of the most compelling stories. Now, with that, as Dust Falls looked to be one of those narrative point and click quote unquote adventures much in the vein of the old telltale games walking dead so on and so forth so it looked interesting but it didn't really catch my eye i don't know what it is or what it was but re-watching the trailer the other day with brian for the nrw checkpoint just started or ignited a fire to play this game especially since it is an Microsoft Xbox Game Studios published game is coming out on Game Pass day one. So that really sparked my interest. Now, as Dust Falls is an original interactive drama from Interior Night that explores the entangled lives of two families across 30 years, starting in 1998 with a robbery gone wrong in a small town in Arizona. The choices you make have a powerful impact on the characters' lives in this uncompromising story of portrayal sacrifice and resilience now i don't know about you just that description alone makes me interested to play this game and as of this recording i have and one of the coolest things about it is the optimization for not just cloud play but to play mobily since it is one of those point and click adventures it works so well on mobile devices. I literally doing my morning walks. I just pulled out my phone, booted up Game Pass and started playing it right there with my morning coffee. And it was such a pleasant game to play. One of the things I hate about touch controls at times is that there's a lag in input or it's just really weird using the thumbsticks and the buttons and, and the um, triggers as screen functions on your phone. With a game like this, since it is pretty much point and click, uh, choosing decisions it works so well on mobile so i was really impressed with that the art style itself it looks like something that could be brian said it looked like something that could be on netflix and it could very well be like one of those animated shorts in robots uh love death and robots or something to that effect it it's absolutely gorgeous i say it's like a uh watercolor in motion is what i would say but i am really enjoying this game so it is my download of the week unfortunately it is only on xbox and pc i'm not sure of the price at the moment but with a game like this it's probably running anywhere from 19 to uh 30 
excuse me, $19.99 to $29.99, more than likely. I don't know for sure, but I would probably bet easy money is between that price range. And of course, if you do have Game Pass, it is part of your Game Pass subscription. So I definitely would say download this game, even purchase it. If it's within that uh, price point I specified, if it's not, then it's probably not worth it, in my opinion. Well, it may not be worth it, put it through that way. But if you have Game Pass, definitely download it check it out and i definitely recommend it it's really fun so far now let's talk about our short takes there's a lot of things coming out comic-con is starting so there's going to be even more things coming out i think all next week is just going to be short takes because probably so much content so many reveals so many announcements coming out over the next couple of days that's going to take up one whole podcast but right now let's talk about the monsters i talked about the monsters uh trailer last week I loved it. And apparently there was some uproar because a day or so after the trailer released, they talked about was news that the movie was going direct to Netflix. So it was all this uh, speculation that, oh, it was it was so horrible. The studio dropped it, yada, yada, yada. Where Rob Zombie came out and basically said, no, the attention was going to Netflix all along. Like that was the desired um target the largest streaming platform in the world and then there were a couple things about oh he spent 30 million dollars on this and rob Zombie basically came out and said his three Halloween movies and the devil's rejects movies you add them together they get 30 million so this was nowhere near 30 million so i am pleasantly surprised by that and this is something that definitely was a streaming watch for me so now that it's coming out on netflix that's even better so that's a little bit of update on the monsters since i talked about it last week let's talk about jeepers creepers reborn so i watched the trailer for jeepers creepers reborn and if you're not familiar with jeepers creepers it's a horror series that started in the 90s if i remember correctly uh and it had three sequels and there was some legal issues and another company picked it up and they are basically rebooting it and it looks like a i get vibes of Texas chainsaw massacre with the old derelict house it, i was not impressed of course i have never been one to enjoy the jeepers creepers series as it is i think two was okay i haven't seen three but one this is the thing about horror movies i really hate it when people make stupid decisions and i am sorry if i offend anyone from this statement but there is a trope that people of color have when it comes to horror movies and especially our caucasian brothers and sisters in horror movies who they why they want to be inquisitive for their own you know no damn good and they always get them in trouble jeepers creepers was one of those movies for me i didn't understand why the main characters constantly had to be poking their nose into shit and it ultimately got him killed spoilers for like a 20 year old movie so that left a bad taste in my mouth because it was just so many stupid decisions one right after the other and that always left a taste in my mouth for that series just because of how stupid that first one was in my opinion so i'm like let me watch the trailer for jeepers creepers reborn if you're a fan of the series you're going to like it more than likely for me it doesn't seem that original as far as the the creeper is concerned uh, i feel like they at least based on the trailer he's been reduced to this boogeyman type any of the sort of uniqueness of the character because i remember from the first one he only picked certain victims and certain parts of those victims that he wanted so he didn't just go after everybody he was very selective and that's one of the things i liked that was very unique about the creeper and uh, not everyone was their target and once you did become a target he was relentless in his pursuit until he got you so with this one it seems like they reduced him to the generic creature slash feeding monster that comes out every so often so I don't know. I will, I will probably not end up watching this at all when it comes out. Next up, we have Halloween Ends. 
Now, if you remember my review of Halloween Kills, that movie so pissed me off. It was such, it was not needed. And the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis was essentially sidelined for most of the movie and the movie was just a Michael Myers kill fest. And again, going back to Jeepers Creepers, you had so many people and it's people in general, not just the Caucasians, brothers and sisters, people in general doing stupid shit and got them killed. The hubris of Haddonfield got them killed in Halloween Kills. So now with Halloween ends, we have the one on one grudge match between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers, what we wanted to see in the last movie. So I'm excited. It looks great. It looks like the movie we wanted Halloween Kills to be. So I'm excited for that to come out. Next up, we have Game of Thrones House of the Dragon. Now, I'm not a Game of Thrones fan. Never got into it. So this trailer was very much lost on me. It looks nice. It looks cool. But I'm not invested in the story whatsoever. And I think HBO is really just trying to throw anything to the wall that sticks at this moment to get people to sign up for HBO Max. Well, I will say I will watch anything that Matt Smith is in, so I may check it out for an episode or two just because Matt Smith is in it. And then there's Carter. Carter is a martial arts movie that literally the trailer took my breath away. Literally. I hope to have the reaction up by the time this goes live. But if it's in the show notes, check the reaction I did with Brian Saff and Kuya be over at uh, Nerds Rule the World. We were all blown away. This trailer looks absolutely phenomenal with the action scenes and the camera work. Man, this comes out on Netflix on August 5th, I believe. And I will definitely be watching it day one. It looks amazing. And then today, right before we started recording, they dropped the trailer for Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. I wasn't impressed. I do not. Let me put I think it was a theme, the overall theme of the trailer. It was too lighthearted for my taste for what I would want from a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Uh, the cast seems all right. It seems like they're hitting on all of the normal D&D stuff, all of the tropes of that genre. But this something about chris pine as a leading man in this movie he just doesn't fit to me at all i i, I don't see him in this in this sort of fantasy genre at all like he just sticks out like a sore thumb as in like he doesn't belong and then of course with the the theme or the tone of the trailer it just it lost something for me it felt very generic it felt very dare i say it i feel like everything of that D sort of quality is or genre nowadays is somewhat cashing in on game of thrones and that popular because that's been really one of the most successful fantasy series of the past 10 years even i know dnd definitely pre predates that but i from the trailer i'm just not impressed i'm waiting for more in depth about the movie more more behind the movie to make a decision on whether or not i want to see it but i'll just say with this first trailer i was not impressed whatsoever speaking of not impressed Let's talk about Resident Evil on Netflix. So you've you've heard me talk about the trailer. You heard me heard me how it turned is an actually appropriate word for this. Uh, you heard me talk about the trailer and how it just looked awful. I was able to sit through one episode. First episode, I tried to give it a chance, y'all. I really tried to give this show a chance. It really sucked. It it I, I tried to give it to look at the new direction. I'm like, all right, it looks okay. Got Wesker. Okay, you got these the two sisters, Umbrella, uh, and clearly there's an, in they're suppressing something. Okay, great. I can deal with this. But then I get to the end of the episode. These two girls, and this is 
spoilers mind you i may go back for episode two so let me okay so the series pretty much uh goes back and forth between the present day before the outbreak and i believe it's 2046 or something like that um is it 2046 anyway it's a good 20 years in the future or something to that extent um obviously in the future the world is decimated there are i think three hundred million people left everyone else are zombies and you have the one young lady who's out doing field tests on the they call them zeros if i remember correctly and she makes a stupid decision getting cocky and, and again people in these worlds where anything is lurking around you and they have this hubris about how they're safe because they're smarter than the things that could potentially eat them really gets on my nerve and these are the smart people the people who are scientists who are doing research who do observations who should know better and they have this hubris about them that nothing's going to happen to me that all of my precautions will keep me safe that's always burns me up it's one thing if you do all that and you make a dumb mistake and you own it and that's what happens but no your hubris is what gets you into trouble and you are smart enough especially when you're a scientist to know better than that well obviously this young woman gets chased by a bunch of zombies who you know she thinks she's an immune untouchable yada 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 um and then you see this giant caterpillar and then it flashes back to night to me 2022 you see her as a little girl her sister uh their wesker's daughters in this really sterile new raccoon city that's near cape town south africa which is really odd in my opinion just a whole locale anyway these two young ladies are smart as i don't know what they know better but they act like teenagers and with the back and forth by the end and of course their daddy issues is wesker of course they set to break into umbrella well, they do break into Umbrella and they want to release these bunny rabbits because they're not supposed to be animal testing. And they inadvertently release a, uh, I think it's a Cerberus, the dogs, the Doberman Pinchers that is zombified. I fast forwarded to the end because it was getting on my nerves through the end, I should say. So I know that happens. And, and this is how the zombie outbreak happens. This is how the world comes to an end because two teenage girls was mad at their daddy because the company he was working for does animal research. Yes. It sounds as, as stupid as it sounds. So I may go back for episode two just to be, but it was hard. It was really hard finishing that first episode, ladies and gentlemen. I recommend you stay away. Can someone tell me why Hollywood cannot get Resident Evil right? The first two movies of the original Resident Evil series, while they were not the greatest movies ever, they were fun, enjoyable, and hit all of the right fan favorite notes. This last movie that came out was some absolute garbage. And then you have this. Resident Evil has a story and a lore that should be easily adapted to the big screen and stop being cheap on the special effects, which is what I heard about this last movie that came out. It is tailor-made for the big screen. The tone, the atmosphere. Have you, If you've ever watched any gameplay, especially of the remake of Resident Evil 2, it is made for a movie, but Hollywood keeps fucking up. Can somebody explain to me how? And now Netflix has become the champion of horrible tone-deaf adaptations of beloved properties whether it's anime or video games. I will say that, was it, uh, Dragon Story or no, Dragon, it's Dragon Warrior in the US, I forget the um, uh, Japanese name. That movie was pretty good, but I don't think Netflix really had a hand in that. But what what is it? Why is it that we can't get a proper good Resident Evil story? I don't get it. 
Oh, well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into some lower decks and check it out. So hopefully we'll be in a, uh, a happier mood to talk. And we're back from the break. And what a break it has been. It's Comic-Con and the news is just a flowing. So let's get started as we jump right into, man, they released the trailer for John Wick. This is that series that nobody thought would be as big as it was or big as it became. And I am here for it from the first one to the second one to the third one. Each one have been exciting in this one. The fourth one looks absolutely riveting and captivating. Donnie Yen is in it. Oh, man, this is this looks like a great movie i can't wait to see this i can't wait to see this continuation of the john wick story the question is is this the final john wick story is this a series that could go to a john wick 5 or 6 can this be fast and furious level because it seems like it could as long as keanu reeves doesn't break down (laughs) because it seems like literally there could be no end and stop for this series with the fast-paced kinetic uh, frenzy of action but also more importantly you have a lead actor in keanu reeves who is universally loved and who who is just excels at playing these type of characters excels at playing many types of characters but these sort of types of characters he just really really excels at next up we have the trailer for the sequel to my favorite dceu movie and that's shazam fury of the gods i really love the family dynamic that we have here with the marvel family what do they call them in this in the dceu they call them the marvel family anyway uh, with this family and how it's such a big focus of the first movie but even more of a focus in the second one based on the trailers and I firmly believe that Shazam would not have worked without Zachary Levi. He is the perfect person to cast as a boy trapped inside of the body of a superhero with all of the wonder and delight and the doubt and questioning. He conveys that very well because that's not too far from his persona in real life. He looks like this this geek in all of us that's still that kid that's pushed around, ostracized, that is now an adult that gets to do all the things he only fantasized about as a child and is that childlike wonder and glee and excitement with every project that I see him in. So I think he's perfect for this role. And then we move on to they released a new trailer for Black Adam. Now, Black Adam looked cool. The first trailer that we talked about a few weeks ago. But one of the things I'm always concerned about with a Dwayne Johnson movie, The Rock, is, is it, let's be frank, The Rock's acting chops at least with what he's been put in have not been stretched he is very one-dimensional he is a throwback action star and there's nothing wrong with that at all if he was someone who was a actor first or an actor first who, who broke into the spotlight as an actor i'll put it that way like a stallone like a schwarzenegger but again they especially with schwarzenegger he was a bodybuilder first but he became an actor and became notoriety for that. And he played a lot of the same sort of types of characters. The Rock has a disadvantage, in my opinion, that he is The Rock. And you can't help but see him in these movies as The Rock, as Dwayne Johnson, playing a role instead of getting immersed in that character. And with Black Adam is one of the things I was concerned about. Well, the second trailer, I felt like I was watching a trailer for Black Adam, not The Rock playing back Black Adam. And I love that. I love, let's talk about this casting of Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate. I think that's going to add such gravity and weight to this movie um, and credibility, quote unquote, 
to this movie so i am excited for this when it comes out and this is really soon to october 21st and then continue on and rounding out the dc uh themed properties let's talk about netflix releasing the full trailer for the sandman now i admit that i am not that familiar with the whole lineage storyline of the sandman uh, i didn't get into those comics back in the 90s i only picked up one one shot back in the day that was a retelling of I believe it was orpheus and persephone i forget the, the greek story where he has to come back and not look back for to get his uh woman out of hell so yeah anyway but this looked absolutely phenomenal with not really having a, a big understanding of the characters and story dynamic, this is something that this is a trailer that makes you want to watch this show. That's all I gotta say. It, it looks great. I'm Netflix is they, they've been they've been striking out lately with their series and these adaptations. So I I didn't have high hopes, especially after my impressions of Resident Evil, which I'm gonna go back to. I I've, I'm committed to watch at least episode two. Um, we'll see if that changes anything as far as my opinion. So I doubt it based on what I'm hearing. But Sandman looks absolutely phenomenal. And the fact that Neil Gaiman is actively involved in this series gives gives me hope that is going to be good so let's that's that on the dc properties let's talk about star trek and trekking out that trailer for picard season three with um i would say the magnificent seven minus one because obviously data's not there and then also uh with ravi and seven this is what we wanted when they announced the Picard series. Yes, I know Patrick Stewart didn't want to do a continuation of Next Generation. I understand all of that. But the fans, what the fans want? And this is what we wanted. We wanted to see where our favorite characters were because no other Star Trek series is going to give us that, except maybe Lower Decks. And I'll get into that uh, very shortly. And it looks, oh man, Michael doing his wharf, that, that makeup. Oh man, I felt like a kid again watching that trailer. And I'm excited. I am really hoping they give them a good story um, and really learn from the mistakes of the past two seasons with their storytelling. Because that's really what got me was the storytelling the last two seasons, especially season one started off good. Then it just went like, what the hell is this? And then last season, there were just told so many inconsistencies and holes for me and standard tropes that just really turned me off to having any sort of excitement for that season whatsoever. It was a slog to get through. And if you listen to this podcast, you know, there was a slog to get through for me. So that's that on Picard. Obviously, it was just a teaser showing um, all of the characters, and that's it. And Jean-Luc talking about something, I don't know, over it. So it's not much more now, but it's coming out next year. So we'll see probably more toward the end of the year. When is Star Trek Day? Probably Star Trek Day, I guess, whenever that is. I believe that probably comes before a lot of these series are going to drop on Paramount+. Plus, Except for Lower Deck Season 3, which comes out next month and i am still working on season one and i'll get to more about that next week but i am looking forward to watching this and also season three is coming out looks really cool but they announced the artist crossover they announced a crossover between lower decks and strange new worlds now i'm not sure if that is happening in strange new world season two or is that happening in lower decks season four that's odd especially considering that lower decks takes place during the next generation era yeah yeah, this is going to be interesting the cool thing too with lower decks in the trailer they go to deep space nine so that'll be interesting to see um if it's more one 
if it's not just part of the trailer and like or they actually go to Deep Space Nine and we see these characters that we love we maybe Quark shows up that would be hilarious Quark on um, Lower Decks that would be funny that would be really really funny so i am looking forward to to that and yeah wow. all right let's get into the mcu because there was a lot revealed there and i'm not going to get into everything uh based on that but i want to talk about first let's talk about she hulk she hulk looks better she hulk looks fun and it, again tatiana mislahi could do no wrong in my book she's going to kill that role i am not necessarily feeling the goofiness of bruce banner and again this is a trailer i i feel as though this can devalue or this has devalued the hulk and again it's just based on the trailer there may be a different vibe or a different sense of bruce banner when the show actually starts and you run through everything but it looks interesting and really really cool and then at the end as the she-hulk logo was closing in on the screen we saw our first glimpse of daredevil yes the rumors are true so daredevil is definitely showing up in the mcu and we've known this for a while especially after no way home spoilers if you haven't seen no way home it's only been what six months plus and i'm excited for that and with that they hit us hit us with a gut punch now i don't know about you i the world i will say most of us have been curious to curious to being in doubt about wakanda forever for many of us there is there's no the loss of Chas, chadwick boseman period was a gut punch and then the fact that the movie was still moving forward without him was like how are you going to do this i've watched that trailer six times already that is one of the most stunning beautiful movie trailers i have seen in my life if you can watch the wakanda forever movie trailer and not get a tear in your eye something is wrong with you oh my god it was so beautiful it's so steeped in africa from the white in the what looks like maybe a funeral pr procession coming from if i remember correctly a lot of the uh, nigerian yoruba traditions uh i oh my and then namor and that whole atlantean culture and how that is derived from and correct me if i'm wrong because i always get to two mixed up in my sense of, of cultures because they, they for me they look very much the same and i'm not sure if it's aztec culture or mayan culture i'm gonna go with aztec for right now um, no actually i think it may be, anyway but that mesoamerican is it not that mexican culture that that culture of, of of mexico and oh my god the the beauty of it the the i am so here for what kind of forever i have no doubt in my mind this is going to be a beautiful movie and toward the end it looks like shiri has taken on the mantle of black panther at least for now it looks like it could definitely look like a female in that suit and again there may be a lot of twists and turns in this movie so we have no idea how it's really going to play out but i want i'm here for this i am so here for this uh and it was explained to me that uh, a lot of times in not a lot of times but in certain cultures particularly african cultures when the son passes away the daughter becomes the not becomes but takes on a lot of duties of the son if there are no other sons as far as the family's come they don't become a boy or a man but they take on those duties and especially so in the absence of a father which is what you would have in this case as well well the father's dead as well so i am i'm here for this movie in the genuineness of the depictions of culture i'm just here for this movie it's oh man it looks so beautiful it looks absolutely beautiful and with that wakanda forever 
ends Marvel Phase 4 at the end of this year. And then they announced the full slate of Phase 5 and teasers for Phase 6. Let's get into Phase 5. So Phase 5 starts off February of next year with Atman and the Wasp uh, Quantumania. And we got our first looks at uh, Kang the Conqueror, who looks comics accurate, by the way. Looks awesome. And then that is followed up by Secret Invasion in spring of 2023 and then back to the theaters in may with guardians of the galaxy volume three and then we get both echo and loki season two dropping summer in summer of summer of 2023 so with that echo obviously we're going to get more set up more than likely for daredevil uh and then in july we get the miss marvel excuse me captain marvel sequel of the marvels is obviously going to contain not just captain marvel but miss marvel after the end of her show as well as is she spectrum is she photon i don't know her name but moniker um uh rambo's character in this movie i'm here for that more so for uh miss marvel and uh monica rambo's character i i'm not the biggest brie summers captain marvel fan i i'm i'm eagerly optimistic for this movie because let's be frank captain marvel was probably the most cookie cutter paint by numbers mcu film it is it is not a horrible film but it is generic in every aspect except for sam jackson and i forget the gentleman please colson they always highlights as far as i'm concerned but it was it was generic so i am definitely hoping for more from the marvels when it does come out july of next year and then from there in the fall um ironheart comes out so that's going to be directly taken from wakanda forever because ruby williams is in the movie and we saw her there uh blade is coming out november 3rd of 2023 i did not realize blade was coming out next year so i'm i'm looking forward to once we get our first glimpses of that and then an Agatha series. If you didn't watch WandaVision, go watch it. But Agatha Harkness from WandaVision gets her own series, Coven of Chaos. And that's going to be in the winter time, 2023-2024. And then Captain America, New World Order. You got to do it. It's coming out to theaters May 3rd, 2024 with a new Daredevil series. Yes, I said it right daredevil series born again hitting disney plus in the spring of 2024 but this daredevil series is not six episodes it's not 10 episodes 18 freaking episodes of daredevil all i'm saying is this disney plus shows have been great but that netflix daredevil series i still feel as though it is the best marvel tv show period period they have a lot to live up to when it comes to the quality of that show and redoing Daredevil. And I am not envious who, of who's ever running this new show. That's all I got to say there. And then to round out phase five, all the rumors are true, ladies and gentlemen. The Thunderbolts will be rounding out phase five in July of 2024 so this is an interesting mix i'm interested to see how this goes and this and phase four five and six have been dubbed the multiverse saga so we're seeing a lot of multiverse here obviously with the movies that come out the tv shows that come out 
And then we got teasers for phase four. Phase four, November 8th, 2024. Fantastic Four. Marvel's first family will be gracing the screen in the MCU for the first time. So I'm excited about that. It's what I have never been the biggest Fantastic Four fan ever in life. I've never understood the appeal. Uh, I enjoy the Fox movies. I, I liked the first one. The second one was it was good until Doug Jones wasn't in CGI Surfer anymore and just looked really horrible. But they were enjoyable movies, but I'm I'm waiting for a proper adaptation of the Fantastic Four to, to make it work. And then we have in May 2025, Avengers King Dynasty. And then in November that same year, Avengers Secret War. So that's the announced Marvel slate slate for the next two years. And I'm here for it. One of the things about phase four that I've always had a gripe, not a gripe, but questioning, there is no direction. There is no end point. And phase four was just really setting everything up is what I see now. And I should have realized that. And a lot of us should have realized that because that's really all phase one did. Phase one set up everything. Phase four is setting up this new world. It's setting up this new world. And you see all of these movies that are coming out next year or walking and running because of what was set up in phase four. So I am definitely excited for this. I am here for it. I am probably going to watch the Wakanda Forever trailer another couple times and, and try not to cry again. But that's it from Comic-Con news. And then we have breaking news. As a couple days ago, by the time this recorded, and by the time this is dropping, I don't know if you follow wrestling. But if you have, you know that there have been allegations and investigations into one Vincent Kenny McMahon as far as hush money being used to pay off individuals or an individual that he had an affair with. And then since then, there have been other stories and investigations that have come out. And I'm not saying this is a reason for the, what I'm about to say, but it's interesting timing is all I can say. Vincent McMahon has retired from the WWE. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, hell has officially frozen over. No one, and I mean no one, who's into wrestling, ever thought they lived to see the day where Vince retired. We all firmly believe that they would find him in his chair dead, still working, before he would ever retire. So yeah, this is this is an interesting change. And with that, uh, Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon had been named co-CEOs. And then Hunter H, not Hunter H, Triple H, uh, is the new executive vice president of talent relations. That's a position he used to have. I am interested to see how the WWE changes over the next couple months. And as it changes from a company which is literally at the whim and direction of one person, which can be good and bad depending uh, on how you see things, to something a bit different. And there Vince is notorious or was notorious for really ripping up creative he didn't like and changing things he didn't like when things were just going good. Uh, let's look at Rusev Day. They got that over and they changed because Vince didn't like it. Or even the whole thing with Sasha Banks and Naomi, all of that is in, at the whim of, from what reports say, Vince's decision. Vince's decision and creative is final. It's not that he's not part of the company anymore. It's that he's not head of creative anymore. He's not the end-all, be-all with creative. How is that going to change the product over the next few weeks and months? That's what I'm curious about. 
for the better or for the worse, I am hoping for the better. Um, I can't see it going anywhere but up in many respects. I will like or what I'm looking forward to seeing is not just things changing just because somebody has a problem with it. When you've built up a storyline for months like, oh, I don't like this no more. Let me change it. As an audience member, that is something that just doesn't fly, that just doesn't work. And getting rid of that person that has the power to do that is going to be interesting when it comes to WWE. So I will never knock Vince for what he's done. Vince is, we're all wrestling fans because of what Vince has done. Like to this extent, wrestling is as big as it is because of Vince McMahon and WWF and WWE. I will never take that away from that man. The 80s, 90s, that's, that was a masterpiece when it comes to wrestling, when it comes to storytelling, when it comes to wrestling becoming more than just your dad's hobby or something the boys said. It became a cultural phenomenon. And that was all due to the genius of Vincent Kennedy McMahon. So shout out to you, Vince, for all of you done and happy retirement. Right, now let's get into the fragrance of the week. Now, this is a fragrance from a house I just discovered online. And this is from the house of Hishimi. I want to say, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But it is Vino Porter. And you can find this in an EDP concentration in a 30 ml bottle for just a low, low price of $58. The note breakdown is vetiver, vanilla, caramelized sugar, orange blossom, and shade excuse me sage is described as there are many layers to this scent its complexity is unlimited its elegance with an edge a compliment magnet it is a playful sweetness that's intriguing it's an original you would stand out in a crowded room because you smell like no one else now i look at this note breakdown and for me what really piques my interest is that you have that vetiver and whether it's a grassy or soapy vetiver, you really have it combined with that sweetness of that caramelized sugar and orange blossom. And then that savoriness of the sage. That sounds like such a unique combination, but also just a a wonderful combination as well. And I'm, I'm not familiar with many fragrances who have this sort of note breakdown and composition. So I'm definitely interested to get my hands on this fragrance to see really one how it performs, but how all of these notes work in concert with each other, especially with the vanilla. It's interesting because you take out the vanilla and the sage, you know, you have a pretty good idea of what it smells like. Uh, very sweet, very gourmandish in that regard. But you add the vetiver, you add the sage, you add two wild cards, in my opinion, especially a vetiver, because you may not know which one or what type of vetiver you're getting when your nose actually gets that whiff. So I'm looking forward uh, to this one. Really, it's interesting. It is sounds really wonderful. And what I'm wearing right now, right now, well, right now, it's before I do my morning walk. And before I do my morning walk, I freshen up with 4711 original. And again, that's just an roly lemon. It's real basic. It's real light, but it's also refreshing. And it's great for once I step outside in that heat of the morning and the humidity of the summer. It's supposed to be 99 today. It's not quite there yet. It's like five something in the morning as I'm recording this portion of this 
podcast, but that's what I'm wearing today and later on once I get dressed. I don't know. We'll see what I wear. It's up in the air right now. But speaking of fragrances, let's talk about Pete and Pedro. Uh, Pete and Pedro has a wonderful line of designer-inspired fragrances, including Legend, which is inspired by Tom Ford's Fucking Fabulous, and King, which is inspired by Creed's Green Irish Tweed. There are a line of five fragrances in total of their collection, and you can use the code EHAWKS10 or the link in the bio to get 10% off your first purchase, not just of the fragrances, but anything on the site in general make sure you check me out and my man brian staff every week on the nrw checkpoint as we talk about this week in gaming all the latest releases and we get on tangents as well which are can be very entertaining also and be sure to check me out on social media instagram website style and tutorial geek twitter website style and tiktok at underscore website style also, make sure you check out the website, websterstyle.com, for anything and everything that is Webster Style. And of course, questions, comments, criticisms, want to be a part of the show, drop me an email at info at websterstylemagazine.com. Thank you again for listening. Remember, stay safe out there and be blessed. Now it was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear. Oh, I forget it. Million them hills killing them, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp. They acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. My side remind you it was till on your birthday. Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Killing. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset. Smoking hot, rocking this pen, so thin. Tie hairline, looking like a skin, so pimp. No lie, I'm sharper than a utensil. Instrumental, plain dang, homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang, bang, honey. See them plain James, honey. Them lame friends, honey. We tell it, fit it crazy like I think came on me. Hey, mommy. Look a lady, main thing, want me on the scene. Fit popping like a main vein, running blood color, lips smashing with the hand. Clutch money, holding bad, kind of funny. Can you tell me what's the price I got the range? Rover. Hang on me when we walking, looking Gucci like that thing sprayed on me. Walking with a limp like an ankle sprained on me. Yeah, I rocked the cardigan. She don't really want me because no one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. Take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. No one man should have all that style. Take it out, clothes on the floor, pass it. No one girl should fit it all in them jeans.
in Take it off, clothes on the floor, pal And no one girl should fit it all in them jeans So take it off and let me see what's under them scenes Oh, you wanted to, oh, I completely read that wrong